0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by Chatbooks. Before I tell you more about Chatbooks, I wanted to say that having sponsors is a fairly new thing for 3 and 30 and I'm so grateful for the companies who believe in this cause enough to invest in making it possible. My promise to you as the listeners is that I will only partner with companies whose values and products I truly believe in and who I believe will bless your lives and make motherhood more meaningful and more manageable for you. I'm excited to introduce you to some great companies in the coming months. So let me tell you about Chatbooks. This company helps busy moms create photo books that are affordable and super easy to format. All you have to do is connect their app to your Instagram feed or the camera roll on your phone and your pictures automatically upload into a little book. And then if you want to, you can use the app to write captions for the photos or move the order of the photos around, or you can just print the book as is. It really is that simple. You can make a book of memories in less than 15 minutes that your kids will love looking through now and later. As part of their sponsorship of 3 and 30 Chatbooks is offering all of our listeners a free book up to $10 in value. You just have to enter the code 3 and 30 at checkout. And I think this could be an awesome gift for someone for Valentine's Day, so don't delay. Go to chatbooks.com or download the Chatbooks app and get started on your book. And as an extra special bonus today, we actually get to hear from the co-founder of Chatbooks, Vanessa Quigley, as our guest on the episode. She's one of my business and motherhood heroes, and I can't wait for you to get to know her better. So this is episode 63, Mothering for Different Ages and Stages This past summer, I got an unexpected direct message on Instagram from a woman named Vanessa Quigley. And when I saw her name, I think I audibly gasped. And when I read her message, I just couldn't believe it. It said, I binge listened to your podcast all weekend and loved it. Thank you for bringing three and 30 to the world and for inspiring me to get out of my comfort zone and continue stretching myself. So you need to know who Vanessa Quigley is if you don't already. She and her husband are the founders of Chatbooks, which is a company that makes photo books that are super easy and affordable for moms because you can link their app directly to your Instagram feed or your camera roll on your phone. And the books are so easy and quick to put together that way. It's a genius idea, so it's no surprise that their company has exploded over the past several years. And on top of her entrepreneurial success, Vanessa is a mother to seven children. Yes, you heard me correctly, seven. And so going back to that day when I got that direct message, I was just floored that someone who runs such a hugely successful business and is busy with seven children would take the time to send an encouraging message to someone she'd never met To thank me for my podcast. It meant so much to me. And the more that I've learned about Vanessa in the months since, the less that act of kindness surprises me because I've loved listening to her share her story on other podcasts. She always has so much humility and humor. And I've loved hearing about the good things that Chatbooks is doing in the world. I was incredibly touched to hear that after the devastating fires in California a few months ago, Chatbooks offered to reprint photos for free for anyone who had lost photo albums in the fires and not just reprint the books for Chatbooks customers, but reprint photos for anyone who had lost their albums but had their files stored digitally elsewhere. So that's the kind of people that Vanessa and her husband Nate are and the kind of company that they run. And not only are they using their influence for good in the world, they're of course, and most importantly, using their influence within their own home with their seven children. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Not business, but mothering. Mothering a big family with kids that are far spread apart in age. So after that long introduction, Please help me welcome Vanessa Quigley to three and thirty. Hi, Vanessa.
1: Hi, Rachel. Wow. (laughs) Thank you so much. That was an incredible setup.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, thank Um, you. I told you before, I'm like, it's kind of long. You're gonna have to bear with me. But I just
1: I wish you could see the smile on my face. My cheeks are hurting. That was so so (laughs) nice of you. But I am I am so grateful for for the work that you're doing and the encouragement that you are spreading about this about motherhood, about how amazing and challenging and crazy and wonderful <laughs> it can be.
0: Yes. And I had to say you used the word crazy in there. Um, so I was so excited. I told my husband that I said, I get to interview Vanessa Quigley, the, the chatbooks lady. And he said, you get to interview the crazy lady? And I was like, I was like, what? Well, I don't think she's that crazy. And then I was like, oh, no, you, you mean the commercial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, you mean Lisa, the actress in the commercial? No, I don't get to interview her. It's so. Are you as crazy as the actress in the, com- in the commercial with your seven kids? Well,
1: you know what? When we were writing the script for that ad, we were. Very much channeling my experience. And (laughs) in fact, I toyed with the idea of playing the part myself, but then I knew I needed Lisa Clark. She is phenomenal, amazing. Uh, She's the real Chatbooks lady. But but we wanted to just represent like reality. And reality is that motherhood and family life is sometimes crazy, messy, wonderful.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole ad, every mother who's ever seen it can relate. So I'm going to put a link in my um, show notes for this episode, and you're going to laugh your way through the entire thing. Your company gets mothers, that's for (laughs) sure, and what we have on our plates. So I'm so excited to interview you about how you manage this craziness, especially with seven kids. We've never had a guest with that many kids on the show before. Yeah. We've had some moms of five, but that's been the most. Okay. So you are you get an honor of some sort here.
1: Well, do I, do I get an honor of any kind for being the oldest of twelve? That <laughs> yes. I, I feel like I still need to get some some, some kudos for that. That was yes. an awesome experience as well.
0: Yes, and um, I'm glad that you brought that up because when I, when we were deciding on a topic for you, I said, do you think you could speak on this topic of particularly having an age gap between your children, whether it's because you have Many children, and so your oldest and your youngest are far apart, or if that's just how your life worked out, and you have two children, but they're very spread apart in age. And I asked, do you think you could speak to that? And you said, well, I was the oldest of twelve children growing up, and I was like, holy <laughs> cow! So you're used to this, these big families. Yes, I,
1: I was seventeen when my little brother was born, mm. and you know, I I felt like I had changed a lifetime's worth of diapers before I even made it to high school. Uh, And when I remember my mom announcing in the van on the way to church one Sunday that she was pregnant with number 12 and I, I did not react well. I said, mom, how can you do this to me? I thought we were done with diapers. (laughs) We. (laughs) Yes. Because I was very much her right hand gal in in raising, I mean, I really, truly feel like I helped raise my little brothers, my little brother and my little sister. So, um, yeah. So I I know what it, I know, I have some experience about, you know, growing up in a family with a big age gap, but then also in my own family, my seven kids, my oldest right now is 23. Calvin, Calvin is 23. And then Declan is 10. So there's a 13 year age gap. And I remember when Declan was born and I was, you know, trying to nurse him and take care of him. And this big hulking teenager and his teenage friend come walking in my bedroom. (laughs) And I realized, whoa, wait, this- this isn't right. How did this happen? Um, And I called my mom and I'm like, mom, how can I be nursing a baby when I have a man living, another man living in my house? (laughs) um, But she told me, she's like, it's the best babies help keep teenagers sweet. It keeps them soft, and it was really fun to see that come be be true in in our family's life, but yeah. but yeah, it is funny. It's also funny to hear now Calvin uh make commentary on Declan's life um uh, just the other night he was over, and I can't even remember what I told Declan or what I gave him permission to do, but Calvin was like, "Are you kidding me? Is this the same family?" how things have changed. Um, and, and that is true as well. Like I, I very much grew up in a different kind of family than my little brothers and sisters did because yeah. the dynamic changes.
0: And, and as mom and dad learn and loosen up, and I'm sure that's exactly. totally true.
1: So I was hoping to share with your audience three takeaways that I, I think are helpful to know when you're trying to, when you're thinking about, you know, how to meet the needs of a large family or, you know, a family where there is um, an age gap. Yes. And the the first one is, let it go, let it go. (laughs) That That is my mantra, that as a mother of a large family or a mother of a small family or a mother of one child, You need to know that you do not have to do everything for everyone. You don't have to be everything for everyone. Um, And in my family, as I've been raising my family, I've really relied on the older kids to help out. Like I mentioned earlier, I was my mom's, sometimes I said slave, even though I know (laughs) that wasn't very kind, but I was her big helper. She counted on me to do a lot, especially because in my family growing up, it was me and then six boys.
0: And then four
1: girls and a boy. So I I had, um, you know, a lion's share of work that I was helping my mom with. And with my own kids, you know, I, Calvin was helping tie everyone's shoes when he was in, you know, first grade until I realized that I can buy shoes with Velcro, (laughs) but Letting, letting older kids help out um, with, you know, helping little kids get dressed or reading books to them, whatever it is, it helps build confidence in the older kids and fosters connection. My sister, Shelly, she's got two big girls and then two little boys, actually three little boys now. And it's so fun to see how important it makes her girls feel when they... Get to help with their little brothers, and then those little boys feel adored because they have these two cute little mommies helping with them. Mm. Um, but letting the older kids help also the little kids they learn independence. You know, when there's a big age gap, they I, I saw it in my family the younger kids cooking their breakfasts on their own, packing their own lunch, um, getting dressed by themselves. Which I did. I did have to let go what I thought was an acceptable outfit to go to, Mm. go to school in too, because, um, when I had one or two, you know, three little kids, I set out all their clothes and I picked all their clothes, but you know, by the end they were just whatever, as long as you've got shoes on, you know, brush your teeth. Um, (laughs) but kids learn independence. I think in when you, when you let go of the reins, there was something I've read also in a book, It was right after i had had my seventh baby and I I saw a book somewhere. It was like, you know, how to keep your sanity and raising a big family. And this woman actually had a bigger family. I think she had like 13 kids or something. But one of the things that she shared in her book was extracurricular activities are not an option for kids under eight. I was reading this as I was, you know, had two little babies around my ankles and watching my five-year-old who was supposed to be playing soccer. Um, picking wildflowers in the field, like oblivious to the game around her, just happy to be outside. And, you know, I killed myself to get the babies ready and to get out there. We were living in Florida time at the time. It was like burning hot. And I read that and I'm like, yes, what am I doing? She doesn't need soccer. She's got all these siblings that she could be playing with. And yeah. our life is exciting enough. So no extracurricular for kids under eight. That would have sounded like sacrilege uh, with my oldest when, you know, I couldn't wait till he was old enough to do Little League T-ball and have something to do and go out and be a part of, you know, as the family got bigger, I just realized I had to let some of that go. And so I instituted that eight year old
0: rule. We live in a time now where people are so intense about sports and getting Mm -hmm. on the teams and everything. Uh, Did you worry about that? Like if they didn't start extracurriculars till eight, that they wouldn't be able to make the teams because they didn't have the experience as younger children?
1: I mean, we're talking eight, not like
0: 15. Not like 12.
1: No, no, because (laughs) as I watched my kids start, like piano is an example. I started my my first couple of kids in piano as soon as they could read. Uh, my oldest, I don't even think he could read at the time. Years and years of very primary piano instruction until it started to click. Then with my kids who I started at eight, nine, or even my my youngest, I didn't start him until he was 10. Very quickly, he picked it up. Mm. I think I saved myself hundreds, thousands of dollars of piano lessons and and headaches and in, in demanding practicing uh, because he picked it up so quickly. With sports, also, I mean eight. No, they can start at eight. I, I Personally, I think our country is freakishly obsessed with sports. And I think our kids are suffering because of it. They really need less on their calendar. Our kids yeah. are just way scheduled. So deciding that I was going to adopt that philosophy kind of alleviated any of the guilt associated there too.
0: Yeah. I know for me, like that makes me heave a big sigh of relief. (laughs) You know, I'm like, so good to hear that. It's just, especially what you said about a five-year-old is picking daisies anyway. Like what are they really learning? If you're just letting them play at home, play outside, climb trees, do all those things, they're gaining the agility and the different skills that they're going to need to do well in sports later anyway.
1: Right. And with older siblings and, you know, they, they're getting plenty of socialization. It's not that they need the socialization, you know?
0: Mm, so Yes, that's so true when they have siblings. Another thing I thought of when you were talking about letting the older kids help is I've heard um, the Ayers, Richard and Linda Ayer, who I mm. think they had nine kids, they raised nine kids, mm-hmm. um, talk about how when a child turned eight, <clears throat> they made it a big deal and like a big privilege that now you're old enough to be a big kid. And, um, now you get a buddy. And so they would pair their kids up. So the, the older kids were paired with a little kid and that's who they would help and like cut up their food at meals or hold hands with them when the family was out on an adventure. Like they had their assigned little buddy and they made it so that it was a cool, exciting thing to be old enough to have a buddy now.
1: Yeah, I've read all the Ayers books as well. And I, I couldn't remember where I'd heard that from. But we also had the buddy system, um, mostly when whenever we would leave the house, or if I needed help getting everyone ready to get out the door. The kids knew who their buddy was. But no, that is, again, another opportunity for the older kids to feel responsible and confident and the younger kids to feel extra special that they're getting that attention.
0: Yeah. Great. And then what about, um, like sharing rooms? How I'm sure you probably had to do some of that with your kids. Yes. How did that work out?
1: When we moved into a house where there were enough rooms for everyone to have their own bedroom, I gave my oldest his own bedroom. And it was really interesting to see the dynamic between my kids, like go to pot. Like they, there was more fighting, more, um, you know, more argumentative. I could not handle it. Like I, I, Quickly, I think we were only in that house for like a week before I moved him into a room to share with his little brothers because it just it wasn't working. It forges a bond. There's something about sharing a room that forges a bond. Now, there there are difficulties with bedtime because, you know, older kids stay up later and they start then they have to get up earlier uh, in high school. But we've always plowed through all that. And, you know, just made it work like this, just this morning, my daughter was getting up, my younger daughter, my older daughter had decided she was going to skip first period. So she was sleeping in and she just pulled the covers over her head. The light was on and Isabel was getting herself dressed and it, Claire just had the covers over her head. um there's, I really, really feel like sharing rooms for kids to share rooms. There is so much benefit to be gained. Yeah. Um, one of the thought about bedtime is I was really strict about our bedtime rituals which includes bath and books and what time everyone was going to go to bed. It was hard for me to, as as my kids got older and they stayed up later, and then I still had little kids, like wanting the little kids to feel like, oh, they need the bath and the books and to be in bed by 7.30. But, you know, I've got teenagers that are needing to work on homework and need my help with this. Um, I just let my grip on the bedtime loosen a bit. So, um, my 10 year old, he's often up t- till 10 PM with the rest of us. And I don't, maybe he's, maybe he'll suffer for that later on <laughs> in the road. But again, it's about keeping our sanity. You got some things you got to let go and just survive.
0: Okay. So takeaway number one, let it go. Let it go. I know we covered a
1: lot of stuff, but it co- it covers a lot. Just, you know, yeah.
0: Let yeah. it go.
1: Okay. Number two, my second takeaway is divide and conquer. I used to feel like we all needed to be at everything. You know, when I had just a few kids, we did, well, honestly, we didn't go that many places, but, uh, but I just, I wanted everyone together all the time for all the outings. I've learned that there is like real benefits in splitting up sometimes. And the first time that we really made a conscious effort or a conscious decision to split up was- it's about 10 years ago. Uh, We wanted to go to Mexico for spring break, but I could not get my mind around taking my two babies. It just felt too stressful. We had never traveled overseas with the whole family before. And I don't know, I was just stressed out. And my husband's like, let's just leave the little kids. And that sounded so horrible at first. Like, no, we need to all be together because we can't take any pictures if we're not all there. And, but then like, it didn't take me very long to see the merits of that idea. And so we we decided to leave the little kids with my parents and we just took the big kids. And that's when I realized like, man, I, these big kids have been missing something for me as I've been so tuned in and aware of the little kids needs. They needed this. They needed that one-on-one the more focused attention and to make some memories. Like, cause the little, the babies couldn't have gone snorkeling and done you know, some of the adventuring that we had done mm. on that trip. You know, since having that experience, my husband and I, we take, opportunities to take our kids on -on one-on-one trips or I'll take my girls on a girls trip or Nate will take the boys, you know, on a mountain biking weekend. And I do my best to try to single out kids. Just, I don't, I don't have like a real schedule. I'm not really methodical about it, but if I'm going to go to Costco, like I know my 10 year old will love to go to Costco with me. So I will say, Hey, do you want to come to Costco? And we get a little one-on-one time there. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to let go of that the idea that we all need to be together it's it's not all or nothing it's okay to to split up for some things
0: Yeah, and I love that you made the point that not just for mom's sanity is it okay to split up sometimes, but that you realized how good that time was for your older children. For them, too, it was a gift. And so to not be afraid or to feel guilty about giving some of the dividing a little bit and giving the different groups of children or the different ages of children – individualized time with you.
1: Yeah. And my friend just, she had the reverse experience on a Mexico trip. She just got back from Mexico with her younger half of her family. All of her, her older kids are getting married and in college. And she felt really badly about going on this fantastic trip without them. But then as she was on the beach building sandcastles with her little ones, she realized, man, they have not had this from me in a long time. So a big kid trip, a little kid trip, a trip to Costco, um, dividing up is sometimes the key to keeping it together there.
0: Yeah. Well, great. And then what is your third takeaway? Okay.
1: My third takeaway is to hire help. And when I say hire, I don't necessarily mean you have to pay money. I did a lot of trades. I, I was really lucky to live next door to my best friend, Jen. She had the same amount of kids that I had, all the exact same ages. She had a husband that was working and away from the home as much as mine was. And we did a lot of trading. <laughs> I remember mm-hmm. when our oldest kids were, um, my oldest was starting scouts and he had to go Wednesday nights, uh, you know, like 30 minutes away for his scout meeting. But I had all these babies and I, the first couple of times I tried hauling all the babies, to scouts and then had to wait for scouts and then back. And I just thought, I'm I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm going to lose my mind. So we started trading and I would leave some kids with her. And then when she had to go somewhere, she would leave some kids with me. I've had several different arrangements like that. I've also done trades with, with young girls. Like I teach, I used to teach boys lessons. I used to teach um, some young women in exchange for some babysitting where they would Mm. come and help me. And, you know, over the years, I've also just hired what I call a mother's helper just someone to come mainly in those crazy afternoon hours where the teenagers all have, you know, practices and homework and things, places they need to go. And the little kids, the last thing they want to do is get loaded up in a car and be driven all around for hours and hours. And so I would have someone come, sometimes they would stay at home with the little kids while I drove the big kids, because then we can have all those priceless conversations in the car. I found that having, you know, being in the car one-on-one with a teenager is the best way to get get them talking. Um, or sometimes I would send my helper driving the big kids and I'd stay home with the little kids and we would do some little kid thing that had I'd been neglecting.
0: Yeah. I love that advice. I feel like sometimes we don't think of this option enough as mothers because we just think we have to do it all or, and the family needs to stay together and do it all together. But I've even found, I, I mean, I only have two kids and the gap isn't that It's only three years between them. There's times when I realize, oh, that's going to make Sally stay up too late. And so then I'm worrying about it. And then I'm like, why don't I just get a babysitter for her? And then I can take Noah to his thing and I can have a little bit of alone time while he's doing his thing. And then, you know, so just sort of keeping that as an option that you can, you know, have a trade, ask someone to watch your kids or pay someone to give you some sanity as well as a mother.
1: Totally. And just listening to you say that the word that came to my mind was an investment, you know, paying the babysitter to watch Sally while you go spend time with your son. You're investing in that relationship with your son. Mm. Um, I know everyone's financial situation is different. And so there are creative ways to do it, but we can't do it all. It's impossible for any mother of any size family of any makeup to do it all. And it is 100 percent, 1000 percent OK to get the help that you need.
0: Yes, I completely agree. So when you have a large family, you do have the older kids to help you and as you said in your in your in your family growing up, you you know helped a yeah, ton. Yes. <laughs> How much do you rely I mean rely on them versus hiring or someone to help? Yeah.
1: I did I I mean I did carry around a little bit of resentment for how much babysitting I felt like I had to do. Like my parents would let me go spend the night at my friend's house and then at 7:30 my dad was there to pick me up so that I could babysit all day long while he and my mom went to run errands or whatever. I just I did not want to do that to my kids. Although it is very nice to have free babysitters yeah. <laughs> when they get older and not have to you know hiring a babysitter can be such a hassle and expensive. Um, So I worked out a deal with my older kids that one night, one night a week, they work for us and uh, over the weekend, one night they work for us and one night they can do whatever they want. And so we've just, that's just kind of been the way that our family has done it. But no, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, I think that we don't want to take advantage of our big kids. Like they can be a huge resource to you and a huge help, but like also respect that those teenage years are important for them to like socialize and develop and learn how to you know navigate the the weekend scene Mm. yeah
0: yeah and the last thing that you want is them resenting their younger siblings um so it's it's a balance like you said at the beginning it's good for the older kids to help it builds their confidence and but to not overdo that to where it becomes something that they really resent
1: right and i think when in my family um My little sisters were this pack of four little sisters. They were adorable. And it's a good thing they were so stinking cute because (laughs) they did. I did have some resentment for, like, oh, why every weekend I have to babysit? But um, the great thing about, you know, these big families or families where there's um, age gaps is that as time goes on, as time passes, those gaps start to shrink. And the relationships I have with my, with all of my siblings, but especially my, my sisters that are so much younger than I am. Um, They're my best friends right now. So Mm. whatever, whatever resentment I might've had or whatever mistakes might've happened, all of that melts away. And um, there's nothing but love for, for my family, for my, for my siblings. There's a saying that I've heard before that I really love is that you are the perfect mom for your kids. Like you are the mom your kids need. Mm-hmm. We're not, none of us are alike, right? And sometimes we look at other moms that are, can do all kinds of amazing other things. And it's comforting if you think about that quote to know that, you know, you are the perfect mom that your kids need. Well, I also feel like the family that your kids come to is the perfect thing that they need, you mm-hmm. know, like my oldest might feel a little bit of resentment that he was the Guinea pig of the family. And we were really strict with him and didn't, you know, didn't let him do all the things we're letting our 10 year old do. Um, but you know, he needed those experiences to become the person he was destined to be, and vice versa with our little kids. And we just yeah. have to just keep forgiving ourselves and pouring out as much love as we possibly can and hope for the best.
0: Well, thank you, Vanessa. I know that this episode's going to give a lot of hope to moms who may find themselves with a lot of little children. So, can you recap the three takeaways for us?
1: Sure. Uh, Number one, let it go, let it go. I really wish I could sing like her, but um, you don't (laughs) need to do everything for everyone. The older kids can help. The little kids will learn wonderful things, loosen the grip and um, let it go. Number two, uh, divide and conquer. It doesn't need to be all or nothing. You got to be willing to split up the family sometimes for an outing or a trip or it's okay if not everyone is in every photo that you ever take. Just let it go. Um, and then number three, hire help. I'm all about getting the help we need, whether or not you're, you know, trading, or you've got a neighborhood girl that can come over and help out, or you've got an awesome nanny. Yeah, it's it's okay to ask for help and with big families and especially families with big age gaps quite often we do need help.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us on this topic and I also have something really exciting. I mentioned it in the intro of the episode but When you reached out to me that day on Instagram, I thought, how cool would it be to do a collaboration with Chatbooks, which is a company that I really believe in, that I believe can help mothers who are already overwhelmed by so many things, that this can be a tool for them to feel like they're still able to mother well and record memories of their family. So I reached out to you and said... Since you love the podcast, what would you think about collaborating? You got me in touch with the right people. And so we're doing, um, Chatbooks is sponsoring the podcast for the next few weeks and offering a free book to anyone who listens to the podcast. And I'll give all the details and the code after I finish this interview with Vanessa. But I did just want to say thank you, Vanessa, for supporting the show and giving this gift to our listeners.
1: Well, you are so welcome. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for allowing me to sing a little bit and tell tell a few stories <laughs> and hopefully maybe lend some encouraging words to mothers out there.
0: Isn't Vanessa a gem? I just love how down to earth she is in spite of all of her success. And that she is ever learning. I mean, what could my podcast have to offer to a mom of seven children? And yet, she reached out to me those months ago and said that she was binge listening and learning so much. Just such humility. And I just genuinely enjoyed that conversation so much. And I'm so honored to have Chatbooks as a partner with 3 and 30 So don't forget to download the Chatbooks app on either Google Play or the App Store and get started making your free book today up to a $10 value using the code 3in30. And it really is so easy. You're going to be amazed. In fact, I wanted to share a line from their classic ad that Vanessa and I talked about in the beginning of the episode. There's a line in there where the mom says, 30 seconds is all it takes to record the lives of your kids technically that's less time than it took to make the kids. <laughs> the whole ad is hilarious. You have to go and watch it. It's linked in my show notes. This is a company that truly understands mothers and wants to serve them. So again, use the code three and 30 for your $10 book. I'm grateful to all of you for being here. I'm grateful for the ways that you share the podcast with the moms in your life that you know might need it. If you know a mom with lots of kids, share this episode with her this week, and I hope that you have a great week with your family.